Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm your host, Farron. And I'm joined today by Adam. I got so much home decor ideas from this video, it's <laughs> gonna be perfect. And the soundtrack from Queen. Yes, and... yes. We've got a bunch of Google Homes as it is, so it's just going to be constantly running in the background in our home. Oh, is that the way it's gonna work? Yes, oh, exactly. Very, very cool. So we're doing Flash Gordon. <laughs> which premiered on the 5th of December, 1980, and was directed by Mike Hodges. Now, he's like the fifth or sixth director they tried to get. They actually tried to get Sergio Leone, like the great Italian director. He did, uh, was it The the Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, okay. and Once Upon a Time in America, these, these great iconic films. He wanted in on it. George Lucas when it wanted in on it. When he couldn't get it, he went and made Star Wars. Yeah, which, I mean, probably panned out better for him, in all things considered. Money-wise, certainly, yeah, yeah. that's for sure, and, you know, whether this is a better film than Star Wars, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> Star Wars is an earnest attempt to do what this went all cheese, what went totally yes. cheese on. Uh, so it was the writers. We will credit Alex Raymond. He created the comic strip initially, and then okay. helped. And then I think he helped write the the movie serials from the 1930s. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but that's what Star Wars was, right? It was yeah. an attempt to do. That's why they called it Episode Four. Right. There was no intention to do an Episode Three or an no. Episode Five. It was just. The idea was you would come on Saturday and you'd miss the previous episodes. So here yeah. was the crawl at the beginning so you could learn what had happened. Right. And it's all based on stuff like, you know, Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and all that sort of stuff. And that all starts with, you know, with Alex Raymond. Uh, Michael Allen adapted it and the screenplay was done by Lorenzo Semple Jr. Okay. And it stars Sam J. Jones as, you know, Flash. As Flash's know. body. Yeah. As Flash's body. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, he didn't do the voice. Uh, Melody Anderson, of course, played Dale. Yep. Uh, Max von Sydow, or is it Sydow? I think it's Sydow. I honestly, yes. I don't have an intelligent opinion about this. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> the the the, uh, the Swedish actor who played Ming the Merciless. Yes. Yeah, the whitest the, the Swedes, the whitest people on the planet. Topol. That's the, he's one of these guys who goes by one name. He played Hans Zarkov. Oh, okay. He's yeah, a, yeah. He was a great theater actor in his day. Okay. Timothy Dalton, of course, would go on to play uh, James, uh, James Bond. Bond. And Brian Blessed, the great Shakespearean actor who here wanders around in wings and a leather thong. Why do you keep showing me men in leather thongs when I come over here, Perrin? Way too many of those. <laughs> it's, and, queen, and queen soundtracks. Yes, and queen yeah, soundtracks. Actually, I'm okay with that part. Yeah, so you, not, not so much with the men in leather thongs. That's not your thing? Like, listen, hey, it's 20, I'm not here to no yuck judging. anyone's yum. Yeah. But it's just not my cup of tea. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so it was rated PG, and the music yeah. was by Queen. That's fair. Yeah, and unlike the last movie we saw where the music was done by Queen, this wasn't just a bunch of songs they were recording anyway. Mm -hmm. They did the music. Like, they actually did the soundtrack. And it's very good. There's uh, there's no songs in here that you can hear, but you can't really quite hear like they did with uh, New York, New York. You know? Yeah, yeah, or or any of them where it's yeah. just it's whatever's playing on the radio. No, no, here mm -hmm. it's, they did the score. I mean, not all of the score. Some of it was done by someone else yeah. who I probably should have found the credits for, but I didn't. Sorry, guy. But... It's Queen, man. I mean, yeah. And have you ever heard the soundtrack to this film? They actually include clips from, from the, uh, from the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. They actually include like the Flash Ah uh, Ah uh, song. Okay. Actually starts with Ming talking about destroying the Earth. Oh, cool. Because why not, right? Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. You're not in this for the purity of the music. You're no. Because it's a cool soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so. Here's the thing. This movie. Everyone agrees the movie made twenty seven point one million bucks. Okay. But there's a disagreement on whether it cost. 20 or 35 million to make 
which is a big how, deal. How is there a disagreement on that? I don't know. A Wikipedia, everywhere else I look, like I, I usually look on a site called Box Office Mojo. It's the easiest place to find how much they've made. And sometimes they have the budget. But a lot of times for Google, you just type in budget movie. And it'll right. just, Google will just give it to you. Okay. So I got out of there 35 million and, and the various sources I found all agree with that. Except Wikipedia, which says 20. What did they cite for that? You know, and committing the ultimate sin, I didn't check the citation, but uh, yeah, it's, because of course that's a big deal. Did it yeah. make money or lose money? But either way, it didn't make a ton of money. Like okay. this was, they considered it a box office disappointment. So despite the fact that, you know, in the last scene, it's clear yeah. Ming is back and there yeah. was going to be sequels. That never happened. No. But I guess what really killed it is uh, Sam Jones and the director, depending on which story you believe, either almost or did in fact come to fisticuffs. Which is you know, always fun when you get yeah. that story out of these movies. Yeah, and so, but that was the end of it. There was not going to be a sequel. Right. Like, he got on a plane and headed home to New York, and someone else had to do the uh, the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of, you know, in, in most films these days, especially with all the special effects and stuff, and you hear people yelling, you know, and shoot, and explosion, and jump, and springboard, you know, <laughs> for the Lone Ranger, you have to redo all the, all the sound. Yeah. So the actors sit in a, in a studio with the video, you know, with the video up on a screen, and they redo their own lines right they had to have someone else do it to him it's actually the second movie this season uh where we've had someone voiced over oh really in crawl the woman Mm. who played lissa right yeah right they they they, they, her voice was too high high pitched they felt she sounded too childish and so so they found an american an american actress because she was originally english yeah Yeah. i don't think she's still happy i mean okay i the interview i heard from was 15 years ago maybe she's not maybe she doesn't care anymore i'm sure that you probably don't care but if somebody brings it up you'll yeah i don't like yeah Well, the guy who does, Sam Jones, the guy who does uh, Flash, he shows up at yeah. conventions now yes. in the shirt. That that must be fun for him. Yeah, good for him. You yeah. know, it's it's his one claim to fame because he was he was actually a football player, just yeah. like Buster Crabbe, who played Flash Gordon in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And you can find those on YouTube, by the way. Just type in Flash Gordon 1936 or whatever. Okay. And you can watch the whole serial, like all eight hours of it. Right. Remember, they would film like an eight-hour film. Yeah. And then release it 30 minutes at a time, once every Saturday or once every second Saturday. Mm-hmm. The actor who played Flash, Buster Crabbe, was a gold medal swimmer. Okay. States. So here I think they went with an actual football player. I mean, you know, Sam was pretty built. Yeah, he was a solidly built guy. Looked yeah. like a quarterback. I think, I'm not sure what he was, but yeah. So I know the, I know the character they said was a quarterback. Quarterback, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. So, though you complained, he also seems to be doing a lot of linebacking. Yeah, for a quarterback, he's uh, he's quite sturdy when it comes to tackling. So, <laughs> just, just saying. Whatever works. Yeah. So, if that's your only objection to that scene. It's... You know what? let tell you what we'll get to that scene we'll, we'll get, get to that, to that scene, scene. The, the greatest action scene ever oh, good lord <laughs> Perfectly so competent. you'd never seen this before i had not no so what do you think about it um okay so <laughs> crack your knuckles yeah your <laughs> it is and this is one of those things where i personally i draw the distinction between a film and a movie okay a film is sort of meant to be intellectual it's art. meant to be high art yeah, yeah it's it's meant to be something that you can think about and chew on mm. for maybe even just a couple hours after the after you finish yeah. seeing it a movie is this a movie yeah, is marvel just, it's, yeah. it's spectacle yeah you know it's it's what you go to see to kind of flick off your brain for a little while and just enjoy some yeah, whiz bang yeah. kapow well you know uh, gene siskel who was roger ebert's partner on mm-hmm. siskel and ebert of the movies he used to say if you can't appreciate good trash like, why are you going to the movies yeah exactly and yeah and this uh, is that yeah and you know we we talked about this obviously um 
Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, these kind mm. of the originals. They yep. laid the groundwork for what we'd see in science fiction in the future. And we can look, and action films and all that. Yeah. Exactly. And we can look back at these now and kind of giggle about the fact that everything is rocket something. Yeah. But I mean, you can also look at the Star Wars films and kind of giggle like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a turbo laser. What's that? Well, it's a laser, but it's a turbo one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or a lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. There was a fight during the writing of this film various screenwriters pushing back and forth who, who said, well, the original Flash Gordon took itself deadly seriously. And Dino De Laurentiis, who produced this, he also did Dune. He wanted it to be goofy. And I think he understood what these other Puritans didn't, which is that what seemed serious in the 30s, even in the late 70s, like if this was obviously, if it came out in 1980, it was filmed in the 70s, yeah. late 70s, you know, so probably 78, 79. What worked in the 30s as deadly serious, you couldn't possibly take seriously in 1979. No. It's like, no. Look at at Ming the Merciless just as a character. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, there's some racist shit there. (laughs) Um, It was actually an article on like Sci-Fi Wire. It's the Sci-Fi Channel's like their Mm -hmm. website. And they said, you know, because I guess, I don't even know the guy's name. The guy who did, uh, directed Thor 2 and 3. Okay. And he did uh, We Live in the Shadows or whatever it is. He's like the new hotness. He's some dude out of uh, New Zealand. He wants to do Flash Gordon, a modern Flash Gordon. And the article was, he has to come to terms with the fact that it's racist. Because it is. Yeah. Like the yellow menace of the 1930s with the Mm -hmm. Imperial Japan. And he's, I mean, Ming the Merciless ain't the only one. The Mandarin. Right. Iron Man's enemy, who they quite conveniently avoided. Yeah was like if you look in the cartoons he's this dude with 10 rings and the the fu manchu mustache and the 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 overly exaggerated asian eyes and the whole nine yards i mean they all come out of this era right um but how do you take that shit seriously like 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 i said yeah it's racist but it's so hard to take it seriously just to go you know it's like really you know and and again we'll get to it when we really break into the film but they're like you you don't get a whole lot of spectacle and grandeur out of Ming the Merciless's character. You get a lot of spectacle and grandeur out of this whole empire. Yeah. But Ming just walks down a hallway into his first scene. Hi and, guys, I'm here. Yeah, and he's menacing. Yeah. Standing. Yeah, it's it's today this movie couldn't be made the way it was because again, Ming is a racial stereotype, a yes. really awful one, but they knew that they knew they were making a movie about bullshit and so they just ran with it. Yeah. The costumes are not, they're brighter than they would have been in the 1930s. Because in the 30s, of course, it was, obviously it was a black and white film. Mm-hmm. So you have to paint things in a certain way so they appear in black and white. Like, for instance, when they did Psycho, yeah. the blood in the shower scene was uh, famously, I think it was chocolate sauce. Yeah. Because red wouldn't show up on a black and white film. Right. So they used chocolate sauce. because It shows up and it, it has the look of blood. Yeah. Uh, same, you know, so for here, they're saying, okay, we're doing the same costumes and the, the same sets which are gorgeous. Oh, yeah, beautiful sets. But they had to paint them really brightly. Oh, hang on, let me let me revise that. <laughs> Very well done sets. Yes. I don't know if beautiful is quite the right word that I would use. Well, they're gaudy as hell. Yes, but they are very, very intricately done, well oh, yeah. designed. Primary colors and a yeah. lot of gold. Yeah, red, gold, and black and white and green are like the yeah. primary colors of this movie. Yeah, it's, you know, but I like that. Like that is, they weren't going for realism. You know, the one thing that I give... George Lucas credit for in Star Wars. Yes, I know it's a new hope, but get over it. I call it Star Wars because I'm that old. Mm-hmm. When he made Star Wars, he made a, he made what he thought would be would look like a realistic lived in universe. And that's one of the things that I think I appreciate most about that yeah. franchise. Oh, oh, and that's what made, that's what set it aside. It didn't look like the sets had been built 20 minutes before the characters inhabit, yeah. inhabited it. You know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru looked like they had lived on that farm for a long time. Yeah. The Millennium Falcon looked like it had been in service a long time. Absolutely. 
even the Death Star, which looked sparkling clean, had this look of a of an actual workplace. Yeah. Whereas here, everything is a set. Yeah. And they just said, "Fuck it, let's go for it." And I I can't help but appreciate that. I I definitely agree. There's there's a certain appeal to just kind of looking at something and going, "All right, well, I don't need to be super critical about this." Yeah, like if you're going to, if you're going into this looking for glorious sci-fi, I have bad news for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sorry, but, glorious uh, sci-fi the same. Yeah. See, I saw this as a kid. I mean, I'm sure I rented it, but as a kid, this movie rocked. Yeah. It it didn't have the the sort of grim real reality that Star Wars kind of sort of has that I right. even as a kid I liked. But this was just so cool. Yeah. I mean, this movie came out I was five years old, but you know, so I probably saw it when I was six or seven. So I didn't know any different. But love the music and you know what it was is there was a in the in the late seventies early eighties there was a lot of nostalgia for you know the thirties and the forties like if you look at a lot of the movies especially like Sergio Leone's last film which came out I think in eighty two or eighty three Once Upon a Time in America it yeah. takes place at the beginning of the nineteen hundreds and then again in, in during Prohibition okay because that was what moviegoers like today movies are made for people who are fifteen to fifteen to twenty five yeah but in the seventies and eighties and I mean the movie going public was mostly adults. So you made movies that harkened back to earlier eras. And so that's why they were looking at this. That's why Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark, all throwbacks to the 30s. Okay. You know, even horror movies, there was a, there was a horror movie called Ghost Story, which is not scary at all, which <laughs> is about a bunch of kids in the 30s. Why? Because those kids who grew up in the 30s as teenagers, well, now in the 80s, they're, they're adults. They have kids of their own and... So that's, you know, that's why you get a lot of these this throwback stuff in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I thought this film was cool. And the cheese I didn't really care about. Again, like you say, it's a very it's painted in broad strokes. You're not looking for a great... It is not a great film. No. It's, just a, it's a popcorn film. It is. It's a popcorn, popcorn flick. It's, it's spectacle and bombast and grandeur and delightful to turn your brain off and watch things explode for And I think that's half. exactly why Queen said, fuck yeah, we'll do the soundtrack. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is fun. Let's go for this. It's not the grim bullshit of, uh, of Highlander. It's just no. fun. Yeah. If, um, if you look at Queen uh, as a musical group, I mean, that was their thing. It was spectacle and grandeur. And, yeah. Stadium rock. Yeah. Stadium rock. Thank you. Is what I was looking yeah. for. And that was that was their, for lack of a better word, shtick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's sort of go through this and and see what we see. So it starts off with this vi- with a vision of the Earth, and if you notice, it's the way it would have been depicted in the '30s. No clouds, because of course in the '30s, right. no one had ever seen above the clouds before. Right, mm-hmm. the first the first rocket to to get out of the atmosphere or even into the atmosphere at all was oh my, I would say the late '30s, early '40s, like. The German rockets, but they didn't have. I mean, I think they. I think there's a picture from the early 40s. Okay, it's a camera picture. Yeah, and it's mostly just cloud. Right. But this is how the Earth would have been envisioned in science fiction, which was essentially the the globe, a 3D globe. Yeah. Uh, And that's how the the logo, the universal logo, would have looked then too. Right. This ridiculous crosshairs comes over the earth oh yeah with 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 the uh the lightning bolts and... yeah i suppose that's the first time we see the lightning bolts huh so it does kind of justify why he's got them on his t-shirt later <clears throat> on well that film. he's also he's flash right. yeah. and what we learn is this is some sort of display yes because it's a targeting uh, display yeah as ming says clytus i'm bored well here's a planet for you to play with and like you said there's hot hail there's buttons and yeah. tornado and earthquake and volcano volcano uh, and there's a bunch of them you know, yeah, it's just, and then we get to see what I'm sure is like stock footage oh, yeah. of 
typhoons and tornadoes. It's and and b- building models blowing up and it's obvious, you know. It's like I'm gonna play a while before annihilation. And no, he says, uh, "Will will you destroy it?" And he goes, "Well, we'll I'm destroy to... this Earth like, yeah. later." I'd like you know, to play with it thing. first. Yeah, you know, it's... something stupid like yeah. that. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Exactly. <laughs> but then there's the kick-ass opening scene, you know, opening credits, yes. which is to the the, the Flash Gordon Ah Ah song. Yes. And I believe it's just titled Flash Gordon. I'm sure it is, yeah. Flash! And but what you see you know, among the the credits is the original cart the original comic yes. drawings, which I mean I think uh, it's a lot of fun. Marvel harkens back to that uh, yeah. as well. Well, the these are comic. These are like comic strips. Yeah, like where you get like the five panels. Like, can you imagine how long it must do to, must take to to oh. tell a story five panels at a time? But, yeah, but it's cool. Like it, it reminds these people this is where Flash Gordon started. Yeah, you know it wasn't the Buster Crab movie it was or the movie serials it was the comics and it's neat and then we go to you know the old uh you know you know uh sam jones is flash gordon sitting in his uh his shitty old uh station wagon yeah he's kind of sat there and then van pulls up oh, beside yeah. him and dale arden gets dale out arden and gets out and she sort of he sort of looks her over yeah. and she looks at him he looks at her they both kind of write each other off well no she writes of, him off he yeah. goes oh she's pretty yeah and uh grabs his jacket and hops out although i did notice that uh the side of the van says cobra on it and i thought that would be just kind of funny like it's a cobra yeah it said i'm sure no the, the van said black harbor in no like i'm pretty sure that it said cobra on the side of it like the the brand of van oh uh, that's possible yeah which i just kind of giggled I'm like, it's wow. the old it's the old panel vans yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh so yeah so they get on a, one of these tiny air one of these tiny little planes uh to go wherever um, I think, yeah, they were talking about New York later in the film, so maybe they're going to New York. Yeah. I don't know. It was actually filmed in Scotland, apparently, but sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they get on the plane, and, you know, the pilot asks Flash Gordon to, to sign his Sports Illustrated. Or, no, was it, was it Sports Illustrated? Yeah, Sports Illustrated. Because yeah. he, he yeah. says, I hope he's ready for the next season. Yeah, so we learn he's, and, of course, he's wearing a white T-shirt that says Flash on it. But, yeah. you know, again, branding, he was, you know, he's probably, if he's, if he's this great, I, uh, you know... He's this great football player. I'm guessing he can. He's got his own branding stuff. I mean, it's... I don't care who you are. If I walk up to somebody and they've got a T-shirt on that's got a name on, it, like, oh, cool, what's with the T-shirt? And they say, hey, it's my name. I'm looking to get to the farthest end of the bar as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, cool, sure. So I'm, I sh- I'm you, be, you... be over here now. So, so you're saying I shouldn't show you my shirt that says Farron on it with with a lightning bolt? No, okay, no. <laughs> No, you shouldn't. <laughs> well, I am neither an intergalactic hero nor the uh, starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Well, but that's that's okay. This guy's not an intergalactic yeah. hero either. But he's then, Mr. Bean in space. Yeah, but then the pilots, he's got a kid whose name is Buzz. Buzz. What's your kid's name? Buzz, really. But then we forget, you know, Buzz Aldrin. Like, it's it's a nickname. Flash. I don't know, maybe his name is Bartholomew. You know, or Ferdy. Or, or, yeah. I'm just going to go, like, his name Bob. 
Bob. Yeah, let's go Bob. with Bob. Bob Gordon. Okay. Bob Gordon. So, that's that's realistic, though. His name's Robert. He prefers to go by Bob because it's a little bit shorter. Yeah. But he's kind of quick on the field. So, so they, they call, call him, him Flash. Flash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they're flying along and there's turbulence and Dale's holding his hand saying, please get my my uh my mind off it and that's cute yeah. and then we we shift over to well hang a, on this guy turns red before oh no this no guy it happens red. later oh, it happens right, later right. yeah yeah so then they go you go to the uh to the greenhouse where dr sarkoff and uh whatever his monsoon M- munson 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 yeah it's not monsoon munson yeah <laughs> his uh his uh, trusty assistant are uh you know they've got all this high-tech equipment and it's kind of neat because we learn everything we need to know about Dr. Zarkov because in the background, as they're checking stuff, yeah. you can conveniently hear the correspondent standing in front of the White House talking about Zarkov, that he was a NASA scientist. Dr. Zarkov, there's no sun. It's 8.24 in the morning and there's no sun. No sun? No. Check the angular vector of the moon. Seemingly, there is no reason for these extraordinary intergalactical upsets. Only Dr. Hans Sarkov, formerly at NASA, has provided any explanation. His ideas, however, have been rejected by the scientific community as irrational. Okay, but it's neat. Frankly, that's one of the better points of filmmaking in this, is the background storytelling as you're getting the the primary plot points. You know, I think in a lot of cases where you see... um, Reviewers say, well, they didn't explain what was going on. It's like, you weren't listening. Yeah. You ever see uh, Battle of Los Angeles? Oh, yeah, I think I did uh, a while I, ago. I'm, I'm taking it in. I guess, I'm gathering you didn't like it. I don't particularly remember it as being terribly standout. Okay, I, I adored it, but yeah. I, I'm the only one on Earth. They actually tell you quite a bit about what's happening in the rest of the world, mm-hmm. but never because two soldiers look at each other and tell you that. Yeah. You pass by a, a car radio that was left on. Okay. A television that's still going. Yeah. That sort of thing. And you, you have so you have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people, they sort of watch these films and they just sort of, they're seeing what's in the foreground and they're not paying attention yeah. to the background. And that's where the story is told. And here, you know, like I said, yes, it's the only talking is this conveniently timed report, yeah. but we get all we need to know. Right there. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the important bit here. He is doesn't have to, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to stand there and go, they didn't believe me, but I know. Actually, he does say that. I've been right all these years. After he, he we, does. you know, but, but after the report. Yeah, it's not this big exposition dump where they didn't believe me when I said point X, point Y, point Z. Exactly. It's, Actually, he does say that because he, he monologues, but we already know yeah. in a much more subtle, and you say a well-filmed way, mm-hmm. what his problem is. Now he gets to monologue about yeah. it. The monologue doesn't serve to be an exposition dump. The monologue serves to point out he's, he's kind, kind of, of a nuts. dick. Yeah, he's a dick. And he's a little bit nuts. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right. I hadn't thought of it that way, that his monologuing is not about telling you about plot. It's about character. Yeah. Which is kind of clever. Yeah. This film is cleverly made. It's beautifully filmed. Okay. I, You know, as cheeseball as it is, I love this movie. For these little... They, they took what should be schlock and gave it just that little bit extra. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, George Lucas took it and went four steps extra. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of neat, and you know, Monson he doesn't want to get on the uh, the rocket, he, you know, because uh, Sarkov can't uh, get, uh, can't fly it himself. Yes, uh, because he's going to go and counterattack. Because you know, when you have a 1930s <laughs> rocket, you can totally take on whoever is you know moving the moon. So now we're back on the plane, and the sky turns red, and I'm oh. not sure if you could see it. I, I because I've seen this so many times. Right, they're flying into this red cloud yes and this energy bolt comes at the pilots yes and then they're it, gone but did you see what was in the energy 
No. Hold on. This is pretty cool. Watch. See if you see it. Oh, that's neat. It's Ming the Merciless flying at them in energy form. That's neat. To scoop them out of the the, the pilot and the co-pilot out, which right. is very, very cool. Huh. Yeah, it's it's just neat. That is, um, that is definitely something yeah. you need to stop the film to really I had notice. seen it many times. Probably would have been more obvious on a big screen. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, a lot of the... I mean, we often forget that films in this era, you made them for the big screen. You didn't yes. think, well, what will they look like on some dude's TV? Right. Whereas these days, movies are made for both. Yeah. Avengers Endgame has to look great on the big screen, but then it's everyone knows you're going to see it in the theaters once. You're going to see it on your in your home TV twenty times late, you know, twenty yeah. times extra. So they have to think of both. These guys didn't have to worry about that. No, but yeah. So Ming the Merciless comes through the the cockpit and steals the the pilot and the co-pilot. I love that we never see what happened. We never learn what happens to them. And that's fine with me. I don't I don't feel the compelling urge to find out what happens to find these them. two yahoos. I mean, it might have been kind of cute that, like, yeah, in find, the, them, find them in a dungeon, hanging yeah, there, yeah, in a dungeon. Oh, here's two skeletons wearing pilots' outfits or something stupid that like that. Been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or hear them ah, as they fall to the ground or yeah. something. But yeah, so so yeah, they, uh, you know, Flash Gordon gets in the pilot seat. It's like, you know, I learned to fly. Did you learn to land? Um, I was afraid you'd ask afraid, me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's that just cheesy camp. Okay, whatever. Give you that. Camp one. is the perfect word. This movie yeah. is campy. Yeah. You, have you ever seen Superman the movie, like the, the Christopher Reeve yes. film? Like, it at times takes itself, like especially the, the first the first hour of it, which is his origin story. Yeah. They take it very seriously. They do. But once you get to adult Clark Kent. It's very campy yeah. because Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve knew damn well what they were doing. Well, yeah, they, a, they knew what this 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 is a fucking comic book. They knew it was a superhero um, movie, and, and they and they just they had fun of it. Yeah, and here it's the same thing. They just went, you know what? This is silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, these days everything is so grim, dark, and serious. Like I watched yeah. the the pilot for Batwoman, and it's just it's so lame because it takes itself so seriously. It's a yeah. CW show oh, okay. with Ruby Rose as Batwoman. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just, it's so lame because it's so serious. Yeah. Like, have a little fun. I mean, you don't have to be Batman 66 with the Batusi. <laughs> you know, with the Batusi. Yes. You know, with the actual dance. But there's gotta be a happy medium, you know, like, but anyway. So, they crash the plane and where do they crash the plane? Well, in the greenhouse. In the greenhouse where Zarkov is waiting and says, well, I, I bet you'd like to use my phone. It's right in there. In, the in rocket. this giant upturned rocket. That, and to, to their credit, they did a great job of capturing the the essence of like what 1930s thought that a spaceship would look like. Oh, yeah. This is a 1930s rocket ship. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Like think of anything that you think of stereotypical rocket ship. That is this thing. Oh, totally. And, and But... That's perfect because that's what this film is. Yeah. If it had been more modern, I would have been disappointed. Yes. All the costuming, all the sets, all the like, you know, okay, we, you know, we unfortunately we discovered that the rockets that the, the you know Ming the Merciless uses all look like the scariest dildos you ever did see, <laughs> but they have that 1930s art look to them. Yes, that sort of not quite Art Deco level, but yeah, like... but it's just it's just got the, everything's curvy and it looks like a rocket ship. Yeah. You know, and and it's curved with square panels. Yeah, but it's yeah. you know it's cool. So they get in there. There's a struggle. They take off, and then like I said, my second favorite scene of the film is the capsule from this rocket going through uh, what do they call the imperial portal. Yeah, something it's to that effect. A black hole or so, or a, a wormhole or something. Yeah, and all the effects. It's all just uh, ink and water. Yes, but it looks great. It does. They did a really really good job. 
Um, again, you know, you give give a lot of credit to the fact that they don't have the high end CGI that we've got today to yeah. do, you know, portals or what have you. Exactly. This this looks good. It's swirling. It's multiple colors. It feels like there's a central. And that's uh, what the clouds point. were like too, yeah. right? You know what? I, it's almost like the guys who did the special effects said, "Okay, we're going to use modern materials, but we want to use the sort of special effects that they would have used in the 30s." Right. They weren't trying to be modern. No. Like, the closest they get are the laser guns. Yeah, and even those, they fire a handful of times. And it's, and a, and it's squiggly lines. Yeah. Because why not? Because yeah. they were drawn that way in the 30s, I'm sure. Oh, probably. But, yeah, it, it, it looks cool. And the music in the background, like the, the, the drum beat, yeah. is very cool. They do a very good job with that. Again, we come back to the Queen soundtrack. Queen are excellent musicians. Yes. What are you going to do? What yeah. else do you got to say on that yeah, one? Yeah, it's just, it's a good scene. And, you know, and the capsule passes through this valley and it's very clear it's a model. But I so didn't mind that. No. You know what? It's it's part of that aesthetic. Yeah. You've got no problem taking a look at this and going, okay, this was shot on you know, film. This is a model. That thing's on a string. Yeah. But it fits with the aesthetic. Well, of you the made film. a point in Zarkov's model. You could see the anchor point on the yes, t- on the yes. tip of the uh, the rocket, the, where where they where they attach the string. Right. Like you could see it. They made a point of not hiding it. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that. It's sort of like when people sneer at puppet movies and say, "Well, it's not realistic. It's not meant to be. It's an art form." Yeah. And this is like. Look, if they could have done it better in the 30s, they would have. If they had access to the same special effects suite that Avengers Endgame did, of course they would have used it. Yeah. But they they did with what they had because they were learning to make movies. Right. Movies were in their infancy. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean, the first feature film, which was um, Birth of a Nation, which was like three hours long, that came out, I think, in 1919 or something like that. Okay. So feature films were a new thing, and sci-fi again a new thing they were learning how to do it i mean go onto youtube and find the first men on the moon yeah or the masterpiece of by fritz lang metropolis okay you know these films were made with like the best they could do this film is almost hearkening back to that and saying this is the art style they had let's go with it yeah appreciating the fact that they were doing their best right you know, these days, everyone tries to make it as realistic as possible, and maybe they were too, but they were much more tolerant in the day. These guys were, you know, Flash Gordon was saying, fuck it, let's just go with what they did in the yeah. 30s. And I get a kick out of that. We're, we're trying to continue the aesthetic while improving what we can and maintaining yeah, that. But not too much. Like I said, you can see and, the yeah. strings. Yeah. So yeah, so, so they crash land and they get captured. Yes, with a cool little handgun. Which is a literal hand, hand gun. <laughs> like he holds out his hands. Hi, we're from Earth. Extends his hand, yeah. and a and a robot arm grabs him and flips him over, and then chokes him. And yeah. Now, just just to just to make a point here, at this point, <laughs> Flash Gordon has not really done anything particularly heroic. He's, he's well, managed he, to get the plane. He, down. he got the plane down. Then he got beat over the head twice by an old man with a gun. Yes, there was that. He got yeah. So he he gets beat over the head, but he doesn't he doesn't win the fight in Definitely the not. in the rocket. He 
it crushes stamina. that red paddle yeah. just like he's that red uh, pedal just like he's supposed to. Yeah. So the G forces don't crush Ch- them. Crush them. Which yeah. I totally don't understand, but whatever movie. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, and then they land and they come tumbling out of the rocket and they get captured again. So mm-hmm. at this point, I, I, I stand by my point that he is Mister Bean in space with more lines. <laughs> Very possibly, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, but Rowan Atkinson is actually an accomplished actor. He's an incredibly uh, accomplished yeah. actor. But yeah, so they get led to the into the presence of Ming the Merciless. Yes. Again, played by a Swede, the whitest people on earth. Yeah. And he's got those wild eyebrows and the Fu Manchu mustache. Mm-hmm. And they've drawn the eyeliner to give him a more, uh, you know, Asian sort of pointy eyes yeah like he's wearing more mascara than you know than than a porn star like it's he and his 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 outfit is right out there chinese warlord from a 1930s film it's it's definitely pull i'm sure that they had like the the original panels in front of them and they go okay we're gonna make this the exact panel out of the original in fact the only one who really isn't dressed i mean other than obviously you know sarkov and and dale are dressed in modern clothing um flash gordon is dressed differently he's he's got a lot more skin showing yeah uh but that's whatever yeah that's that's the nature of the day Uh, you've got your your main protagonist buff male lead yeah. yeah, sure. And these Show women the are kind of dressed, like the women in the in the court. They, They're not really dressed. Well, they got they, they they got enough to keep it PG. Yeah, not a millimeter more. No. but you know, there there was arguing with the art department and the ratings board. I guarantee it. Well, this movie had. <laughs> I mean, again, this was a kids' film. It, it never occurred to anyone that adults would want to see this film on yeah. their own. Yeah. Um, this was granddad who saw the originals in the theater, taking his grandkids to see it, saying, mm-hmm. "This is what I watched when I was a kid." Right. It's a nostalgia trip, but it's not meant to be taken seriously. So they just went for it. I mean, this was PG and that's what they were going for. Uh, But it's, you know, it's sort of like you've seen Rogue One. Yes. I'm sure it wasn't restricted, but it's a, it's not a, not a kid's movie. No, it's it's not. It's a war film that happens to take place during Star Wars. It's also a disaster. Yeah. But uh, that's what happens when you rewrite the entire third of the film and then don't edit it properly. But whatever. I enjoy the film, but it took yeah. silly stuff and tried to go deadly serious. Yeah. This, they just, they didn't. And I appreciate that. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck it, let's go with it. Um, so we get to see Ming the Merciless and his, I don't know, his his first first mate, his, yeah, his right-hand, right-hand man, man, Clytus, who's not from the comics, apparently. Sorry, Clytus? No, just Clytus. <laughs> oh, okay. So No, not Clytus. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and we're seeing, I guess it's an assembly of the nations of... of Mongo. As in Mongolian, yeah. Asian. Yeah. yeah. Once again, not well, the most racially sensitive film on the planet. No, they refer uh, to them as Mongs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, wow, yeah. And all these different kingdoms, and the first is the tribute from some clearly African nation. Yeah, like the, the space African the Space people. Africans, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it says, you know, we have suffered since you blasted our kingdom. We have nothing to offer you but our loyalty. Yeah. Cool. Kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that goes well. And then we get, you know, and then Ming, you know, deals with the humans. And he has Dale, you know, uses his, his ring. I totally want this ring to get her to do. Or maybe not. Yeah, do you? Uh, do whole, you yeah, really? the whole Me Too thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like he roofied her with his ring. Because she starts to do this sexy-ish dance PG 
Yeah, it's like the 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 screen direction for that was almost be sexy, but not sexy, but kind of confused, but still trying to impress someone. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of like you know be be sexy, but remember that this is PG. So I mean, she doesn't even open her coat. Yeah, no. She sort of follows along the lines of it, but doesn't open it. But it's clearly meant to be a sexy dance. Yeah. But she doesn't, you know, when it's over, she doesn't remember. This is what just happened. And Flash Gordon, sensitive guy that he is, is, I don't know, but it's pretty sensational. Like, sensational. Dude, you know, dude. But again, this is the 80s reflecting on the 30s. Yeah. Uh, and so they decide, you know, you know, Ming decides oh, he likes goodness. that chick. Yeah. We will keep her for our pleasure. And now yeah. we have the, I'm sorry, the greatest sports scene in a movie ever. Okay, you're doubling back on yourself. Before you said it was the greatest action scene. Well, in that movie. too. Okay, greatest action scene and, and sports the greatest scene. sports scene. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Also, some of the greatest acting ever. Go, Flash, go. Go, Flash, go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's essentially football. It's, no, it's with oversized Fabergé eggs. And guards who you never see before or ever see after, but conveniently have football helmets. Yeah, yeah and gongs on their chests. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that would be kind of a gong esque thing. It's just, it's so weird. Yeah, but the, but the music, the Queen soundtrack in the background, yeah. and yeah. men on the right pills maybe you should execute that traitor and it's like if you did it's at this point where if you did not realize this was meant to be tongue-in-cheek oh yeah with dale on the side literally clapping going go flash go he's playing some barbaric game now match him like this Yeah. Like if if you still think this is serious, you need to stop watching movies right away. Exactly. But it's it's silly as fuck. Oh, it's incredibly silly. Like what else happens here? He he gets past a couple of these like Faberge said, oversized eggs. Faberge yeah. eggs. He nails a couple of passes straight to the chest, which obviously yeah. not. But he's the... also putting it under his arm and doing the charge like well, he's a linebacker that or whatever. Came whatever yeah he did that at some point yeah and then at another point in time he just log rolls through about six of their legs yeah yeah but i mean but there's also other stuff going on like the little midget aliens they keep poking this one this one guard in the ass yes and zolt of volton zoltan whatever the bird dude keeps whacking this one dude on the helmet every time he gets up he whacks him again and it's just it's fun. Yes. You know, action scenes are always so deadly serious and they're highly choreographed. This is just goofy shit. Yeah. But it's awesome. <laughs> it's just, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's the most Flash Gordon-y scene in Flash Gordon. It is. It is very, again, over the top and bombastic and yeah. just goofy. Like, even if you're never going to watch this movie, you got to go online to YouTube and find the throne room fight. I'm sure it's yeah, there. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be somewhere floating around. Yeah, it's it's worth the time to see it just for the sake of having seen it. Yeah. Well, we did forget the deep character. Okay, what am I talking? Who am I fooling? They introduce you to Prince Zoltan and Prince Baron, yes. played by Brian Blessed, the great Shakespearean actor, and Timothy Dalton, who I'm sure look back at this and say, 
It paid my rent. It paid my rent. And they play the Birdman and essentially the Robin Hood people, the yes. Arboreans, who clearly don't like each other. So no. what we're learning is that Ming the Merciless keeps his kingdom in check by having all of the various sub-kingdoms, which are like provinces, fighting each other. Yeah. Whatever. So like, hmm, I wonder if those two are going to get together and fight on the same side. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do like the idea that there, that there could be, if they went and remade this, they would expound upon sort of court intrigue. Possibly, yeah. But, they tried to remake Flash Gordon in the '90s as a TV series, mm-hmm. and I remember I watched the the pilot, and they had no money, so it, they filmed most of it. It looked like in a I don't know in a, in a in a manufacturing plant. Okay, it was just they keep trying to remake this, and they never ever manage it. I don't think that you can if you're trying to take it very seriously. And they were in the, the 1990s. They tried to make it seriously, and it was yeah. a shit show. It lasted three minutes. Yeah, just like they tried to do Buck Rogers again in the 70s. Oh, really? Have you not seen that? No. Oh, when we're done, I'm going to show you the theme song for oh, that. Sweet, so Buck Rogers is from the same time period. In the 70s, they tried to do it because you know Battlestar Galactica was popular and all that sort of thing. Makes sense. So you can see what a serious attempt is. A serious attempt, oh boy. For 500 years, Buck Rogers drifted through a world in which reality and fantasy merged into a timeless dream. This is them taking it seriously. I find that hard to believe. This this is it's about eighty percent serious, twenty percent cheese. And but, that's a good mix. But it's I mean, as you can see, it's pretty fucking bad. Well, yeah, but that that didn't look optimal. It's really a bad show, really, really, really bad show. But just the idea, yeah, like you could see, this is what an attempt to take the same era of stuff more seriously and more sexy and more 70s and 80s it was a complete shit show that like star trek manages to do this by by advancing it forward into the, the 70s and 80s mm. still taking it seriously but still being able to have some camp they, and yeah, some they, yes like even next gen yeah has yeah. there are episodes that are meant to be funny but yeah. they're never they're never cheesy the camp went away with the 60 with the original series yeah I think. okay yeah that that's fair you know, but there is humor in it. But yeah. then Deep Space Nine got deadly serious. Voyager was just bad. Enterprise was just Enterprise. But Discovery is all at once funny and well written and all mm-hmm. those sorts of things. But they got serious because they got grown up. Yeah. These are not meant to be grown ups. These are no. children's films, like yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I don't give a shit that it, that a bunch of fifty year olds watch this and think it's the greatest thing ever. Right. They're wonderful films, but it's nineteen thirties serial camp. It's yeah. this with a higher budget. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and it's just trying to make it serious doesn't work or too serious. Yeah. You know, Grimdark never works. You know, ask DC. I'm I'm sure that there's plenty of ways to make Grimdark work. It's just not, at least for me, it doesn't work. Well, I mean, Dark Knight, I love it. Great film. Batman mm-hmm. Begins. Yeah. Great film. But then they did Dark Knight Rises, which is garbage. Yeah. Because they went to Grimdark. Mm. Or Batman versus Superman. Tell me, still, still do you ha- bleed? Like, <laughs> still haven't seen it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's yeah. You you are a richer man for it. 
But uh, yeah, so we we need to get rolling with this film. Yeah, we, we should. Yeah, so uh, we learn that um, uh, Emperor Ming's daughter, who apparently is a nymphomaniac, is banging everyone. Yeah, she's hitting all of that. She, you know, she wants a piece of flash. She wants Prince <laughs> Baron. Uh, we learn quickly that she's banging the royal doctor. Yes. So then we get to we get to see the dungeon, which is a medieval dungeon. Why? Because in the 1930s, that's probably the set that was available. Yep. And he's hanging from a you know, he's hanging from chains, and he he chats with Dale Arden, and it's actually a nice little. The conversation's very cool. I like it. Like you know, I'm going to wake up from this, and this time I'm not just going to ask the major D who you are. I'm going to talk to you. Like yeah, it's it's kitty stuff, but it's I, just it's nice. Yeah, it's a nice it's, scene. It's good. It's nothing. It, like, I feel like if it were, you know, acted differently, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say better because I don't think it needs to be acted better. I yeah. just think if it was acted differently, yeah. it would be more outstanding. But yeah. Remember that this is very much a 1979 vision of a silly 1930s. And, and we are, yeah. so we are like 30 years removed from the production of something that was 30 years removed. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I understand why it is the way that it is. And mm-hmm. I think it's just fine for the way that it is. But I think that looking at it through the glasses of 2019. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. obviously we could say, oh, yeah, you know what? It could have been a lot better if done this way. Yeah. The, the, at this point, it's just, it's a fun film. Enjoy it. It is. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah it's exactly. just, This is a classic silly film. And I'm, I'm never going to take that away from it. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to see the execution scene. As a kid, it always freaked me out because you're watching someone getting executed. And yeah. it was a gas chamber. Yeah. And as a young Jewish boy growing up on Holocaust stories, that was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that would hit uh, a bit close you know? to home. But it, it is a well done scene again with the, 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 the queen sound, the, the guitar in mm-hmm. the background. And, it's a it's beautifully done with the procession. Yeah. And yeah, he's wearing the like the leather or plastic under or whatever it is. But you know what? He's like he's a good looking guy. He's he is buff. Yep. The, the look worked for him, I think. Like, I think so. Like yeah. it's not some nasty thong. It's just underwear. Yeah. Um it's like boxer briefs essentially, like short yeah. boxer briefs. Yeah. It the whole thing works really well. If I had to say which scene was the best designed in terms of the way it's filmed and the way it's choreographed and the way the music is done, I would say it's the execution scene. I like the artistry of it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm probably, I mean, again, a lot of this is still, like, I just watched it yeah, for the first yeah, time ever, yeah. so there's a lot of things that I'm slipping on, but yeah, it's yeah, a very it's, well shot, very yeah. well made scene. For, so, for some reason, I just, maybe it's because it's ritual. It's the only solemn ritual. It's the only thing that they tempt, it's the only thing they take seriously in the whole film. And maybe that's why I like it. Yeah, they don't they, even take the wedding seriously at the end. Oh, no, the vows are clearly a joke. It's like, oh, is it all citizens will make merry on pain, pain of, of death. death? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, it's like the old saying, whippings will continue till morale yeah, improves. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of neat. And the very next scene is the, the princess, I don't even know what her name is, Aurora? Yeah. Is it Aurora? I no, think okay. so. The princess Aurora goes and, and gets him out of his coffin, which you noted has a mirror in it. Yeah. Which is weird uh, again it's just it's cool art direction yeah and the the um, I, maybe maybe it's entirely set up for the goof of her looking over her shoulder at him changing in the mirror oh absolutely but you know one thing we did miss is that during the um the execution the doctor sort of oh, leans yes. in and says this will speed you on your way and zaps him with something yeah and then clearly you know we we, we realize it was something to save him from the gas right and then she you know back and then in the in the 
what would you call it? The burial, not the a burial, bu- chamber. Not burial, burial chamber, whatever the room uh, where they have the coffin. The holding room. Holding room, yeah, the uh, the funeral chamber. God's waiting room. Yeah, funeral chamber. Uh, he gives him another shot and, and, and Flash him. wakes up and, yeah. you know, the Flash Gordon or the doctor says, okay, I'll lay you next weekend and off he goes. <laughs> Pretty much. He thinks he's getting more. Yeah. Uh, turns out he won't be. No. He's, he, yeah, because, of course, they, they conquer the kingdom and she's going to marry Prince Baron at the end. And you know he's sitting on that, that pleasure palace going... Any minute now, she's coming. Any she's going to be here. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I didn't get, I, I didn't get screwed over. Um, <laughs> I guess that's what he's hoping for. Well, I mean, for, he, he, he gets caught and tortured in the end. So did he? Yeah. Oh, they say during the interrogation scene that we uh, we already caught the doctor. Oh, okay. So he's not waiting to get laid. No. <laughs> so bummer. Um, yeah. So she she gives him a uh, the princess gives Flash a. Uh, a palace uniform and they pass by and they realize that outstanding uniform by oh the way. absolutely it. it's an it, it is actually kind of cool with the actually believe it or not what i really like is the, the scarf. scarf there's something really neat about it i don't know why but it's it's, it's a like nice an ascot kind of almost well not an ascot because i would tuck in this is uh, like right. wrapped around the shoulder and thrown over the back you know yeah, wrapped yeah. around the neck and thrown around the shoulder it's cool but it's just there's something about it that's just really neat it's i don't like know a, again well, i love the art i love the costuming yeah, of this it's like a skinny half cape yeah, like I mean, I wouldn't wear that at gunpoint, but it's. Are you it, sure? Pretty sure. I bet you would. I have it in my closet. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shh. But uh, you know, they pass by and they see Doctor Zarkov is strapped to this machine, uh, or strapped to this this stretcher with this big ass machine, which looks like the laser gun from um, Goldfinger. Does it? Okay, I've yeah. never seen it, but well, it's yeah. There's a scene where they've got a giant laser pointed at Bond's genitals. Well down from Bond's yeah. genitals and they start the laser on and they start moving it up to cut him in half to cut right. him in half yeah. yeah but this one shoots into his head because yes. it's meant to strip him clean and so we get to see his life yes which is that you know we get to see him being thrown out of NASA and we get to see earlier when his wife drowned yeah um, which they threw her into the pool but nobody thought to get her back out well you're seeing things in reverse and then back and forth and back and forth so you're seeing it jumbled but there's like four people that grab her yeah, and throw I, I, her in the pool. You have to sort of, or or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what's going on, but what it comes down to is his wife drowned. Yeah. But then we get to see earlier, which was that he was a young man in um, somewhere in Europe during the Second World War. Mm-hmm. We realize he's Jewish. Yeah. We also saw that at the funeral for the wife, that he's Jewish. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's dodging, you know, explosions and stuff like that. And then we see he grew up wealthy somewhere clearly in Germany and then... But what I do like here yeah. is this whole scene, they're wiping his mind to reprogram him mm-hmm. to be an agent of the Empire. Yes. Um, this sets up the first really big throwback <clears throat> to those uh, Sunday afternoon serials where you get to the cliffhanger at the end, yeah. everything seems like it's going bad, and then Sunday picks up, and things are fine, don't worry, there was a deus ex machina at the end that yeah, you didn't well, it's see. Like, you know, will, you know, will Zarkov take Dale Arden back to Emperor Ming, or yeah. will, you know, yeah, it's, it, that's the whole point, it's yeah. the literal cliffhanger. Exactly. And then, yeah, a week later, you come back into your Saturday morning matinees, and the next episode is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. This is how these were done. Yeah. It's like the, the old Looney Tunes cartoons. Why are they 10 minutes? Because they'd show you one before Flash Gordon. Right. That's what these were for. Yeah. You know. And so this that sets up the first the first real one of these kind of Deus Ex Machina moments later on. Yeah, that he his that his yeah, his mind was not drained because he yeah. kept doing formulas in his head and, and reciting Shakespeare and uh, Yeah, essentially yeah. protecting himself. And yeah. okay, sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you but would, it worked. You would assume that the people <clears throat> with the giant ray gun that zaps your memories would probably have considered that someone would, you know, continuously recite yeah. Hamlet. But part of it is is that the general in charge of this, this woman, for some reason really doesn't like Clytus. So when he says, 
only use level three the minute he walks out of the room. She yeah. says level six. Yes. So clearly there's something, and we never really figure out why it is she yeah, doesn't like this dude. that never really gets expounded on. Maybe it's something in the original source material. I don't know. Well, but... no, Clytus isn't from the comics or the oh. or the show. He is new to this. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Is is she new to this? I don't know. I I watch. I actually have the DVD of the original. But I watched that 15 years ago, and I couldn't tell you, and I'm okay. not at gunpoint. Am I going on to YouTube and watching that eight-hour film? So anyway, again? you go back, and you check all that out, and you get back to me. Sure. <laughs> then you'll come back, and we'll do an addendum to this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone who's listening to this is going to stick around Five-minute addendum on Five, the other yeah. end. So in the meantime, yeah, um, Flash is, is flying away in one of the few Imperial rockets that doesn't look like a sex toy. He's doing his damnedest to fly away, but she is consistently getting in the way. Princess she, he, Aurora. Yeah, Princess Aurora is effectively trying to rape him while he flies a, uh, uh, a rocket, which is great. You yeah. know, it, it's sort of like we hear these guys brag about Roadhead. Yes, that ends in, in road collision, but yeah. okay. Spacehead. Spacehead, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and he starts communicating telepathically through a mind amplifier with Dale, who's now dressed up as one of his concubines. Yeah, so Dale's been taken captive by uh, Ming the Merciless. I mean, yeah, to, for to pleasure! And she and was given a drink that would not make her forget what happened. But it'd but... make her not mind remembering. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of back and forth, and, and you know, Aurora's dry humping him and at one point he says man this girl's really turning me on and dale says wait what yeah oh no never mind that wasn't for you <laughs> yeah, it wasn't for you oh, okay well, that makes should, it better yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she says okay you should hang up now yeah that's kind of funny it's uh um one thing we noted here is the hair for some of these people just shrieks late yes 70s oh god it's just like these massive brown waterfalls coming off the top of their head yeah, yeah. the hair helmets they're yeah. really the, the perms <laughs> are really something else in the meantime she gets uh, uh dale gets the servant, I guess. Yeah, the servant comes in with more of the. the, the, uh, the you're the, okay with remembering? The, yeah, juice. the roofie drink. Yeah, and gets her and gets her drunk and puts her in her her dress. Yes. So when Ming the Merciless comes in and starts getting me too ish with her. Yeah, he gets pulls, really handsy. Yeah, pulls the uh, the pillow back and of course it's the servant. Yeah. In the meantime, Dale Arden has escaped in the servant's clothing. Yep. Has learned acrobats acrobatic combat skills worthy of a bad John Woo on drugs film. It is it is kind of cool when she does like sort of the the what do you call the the cartwheel and yeah. shoots him. It's neat. Well, because she does the cartwheel and then she sticks the cartwheel and then shoots him. Yeah. And I mean, okay, fair enough. I it's guess. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's neat. It, it's it's reasonable enough to assume that a normal human being could probably do a cartwheel with something in their hand. Well, why would you? But yeah, it's because you're in space, Farron. Yeah. You're in space with a laser gun wearing a yeah. servant's dress. You ever see um, <laughs> the movie SWAT with uh, Samuel L. Jackson? Where no. at one point some guy says, what, no role? says, eh, they only roll in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, it's a good film. It, it's a bad film, but it's a good film. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we go back and, and Zarkov is pretending to be, or as far as we know, is an Imperial agent. And yes. he goes off to intercept Dale because she's being allowed to escape. Because, of course, we want to find out where Flash Gordon is. And we right. want to find out where... The, the traitors are and then we're in Arborea and we get to see this really ritual. weird ritual where they've got essentially this hollow tree stump and there's something icky inside yeah and there's something to be with a, a stinger in it yeah, yeah and to be a man among these people Prince Baron's people you gotta stick your hand in there once and if the pissed off creature is pissed off enough he zaps you and you die yeah well you don't die but you want to die because it'll drive you mad well you do die eventually yeah it says so. uh, you die after several hours of painful madness yeah and or madful painness or whatever and yeah and so 
Aurora hands off Flash Gordon to Prince Baron, saying, "I'll be back and lay you later." Yeah, uh, that's, that's all. Essentially, that's her promise to everyone. She, she really you does know? transact in sex a lot. She really, really does. Uh, and I'd seen this actress in a couple of other films, and she is the the evil woman who who pays you in sex. Right, actress. that's it's, just her typecast. And they're all bad films. Like there's another one called Condor Man, which is ex- it's a Disney film. is exactly as bad as you think it is. Okay, uh, and and it's the same thing. She's she puts out. She makes you do things by putting out. But she was, you know what it was? She's exotic. I'm not even sure what kind of accent she's got going there. But she's got an exotic look to her and yeah. whatever. So Prince Baron apparently doesn't think with just his wang. Because he puts him, he, he immediately puts him in a, in a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in a, a prison. cage. And, and his offer is, let's team up and fight him together. And, his, and, and Prince Baron's answer is to drown him in, yeah. <laughs> drown him in the bog. I'd rather not. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> And then we flash back to the Imperial Palace. Where they've, where they've captured her, and we learn that uh, Daddy has actually ordered her torture himself. Yes. And they're going to use something called the Boarworms. Not the Boarworms! What are the Boarworms? I don't know. They use them. Yeah. Uh, in in <laughs> my mind, the Boarworms are the hyper-future equivalent of a rat in a bucket with a, with a torch behind it. I guess, yeah. That's just horrific. But, yeah, uh, yeah then we go back. You know, we're sort of going back and forth, and we see that uh, Zarkov and... Dale are found by the Hawkmen who fly them to Hawk City. Yeah. Which is a city that floats in the um, air or but, sits on a table where yeah. it's been painted as a model, one or the other. The budget era Kokra people from D&D. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we realize that one guy, Nero, the actor, he's got the crookedest face I think I've ever seen in my yeah. life. It's like someone smashed him on the right side of his face. Like the whole nose is like got this big fucking dent in it. Yeah. Like it, I almost wonder if that's... Makeup? It's got to be... No, it doesn't look like makeup because it looks like it's structurally shifted. It almost looks like he might have had a birth defect. Birth defect or a bad bar fight, but like that's that's some distinct looking that's that, a distinct that's looking like, face there. That's that's gotta be where they got to with the reconstructive surgery at the time. <laughs> yeah, or that something. That seems like that would obstruct um nasal airways. You'd think? Uh but yeah, it's they name him Nero because why not? Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh in the meantime, uh, back on Arborea, Flash escapes his prison with the help of someone who's actually there to set him up. Yeah, they throw another guy in the prison. I've got a key. Okay, let's yeah, get out of here and, and lead, get out of yeah, here. And lead you back to the temple where yeah. he has to do the, the wood thing. And yeah. he tricks Baron, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And before they can kill each other, the Hawkmen show up and drag his ass off to Hawk City, whatever. Yeah, it, it, he runs away, gets to the forest floor, gets out of some quicksand, falls prey to another yeah. thing with the sand, and then the yeah. Hawkmen show up. And, and then they wind up on the Hawk City, and Prince Baron says, you can't, you know, you can't ransom me until we fight, and yeah. I want to fight Flash Gordon. And then, as we pointed out, the most terrifying stunt scene I've ever seen in a film, which is this circular combat arena with that jostles like around yeah. so it's never quite flat and scary ass spikes which clearly are wood with rubber tips yeah but it's, like, it's definitely on par with having a car battery hooked up to your sword yeah 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 exactly it's it's i mean i was looking at this and thinking like there was one one shot where you notice he falls and actually hits one of these things yeah. luckily on its side but i said even if it was a rubber tip if you landed on that sucker it's going right. through you like this was a I look at this, and my first question is, how did they convince the insurance company that insured the production to allow this? And I guess the answer was filmed in the 1970s. Yeah. Because filmed in the 70s. And there are some things you can omit. I guess. Like, <laughs> you ever see the movie Resident Evil? Yes. So there's a scene in it where they're crawling on top of the air ducts. Yeah. 
and you know below them are all the, the zombies. zombies. And I listened to the the uh, director's commentary, which by the way is amazing because they make fun of the other actors. <laughs> and Mila Jojovic said there was a scene where she was crawling on that and jumps from one to the other, mm-hmm. and the insurance agent who was on set would not allow her to do it because the worry was that the wires holding the um, the air ducts one could theoretically snap off and wrap around her neck so they forbid her to do the scene even though she wanted to but she does a lot of her own stunts which is surprising for an actress who is a model right just because don't damage the goods right no. like like she could do some serious damage it's not like i mean ruby rose who did uh, batwoman apparently she wound up she did a stunt that they had to do like emergency back surgery so oh, she wow. wasn't crippled Ooh. yeah that just got out recently like she's got a big ass scar that kind of scary holy god that shit isn't supposed to happen no you know, guys like Keanu Reeves and them, they do, or Tom Cruise, they do yeah. their own stunts. But you know what? You know why Tom Cruise uh, produces those Mission Impossible movies? Because the producers of the first two wouldn't let him do his own stunts. Ah. So he said, screw you, I'll produce it, and I'm going to allow it myself. But the amount of money that must go into insurance for these million-dollar faces, these stars who are yeah. worth millions, just to stand there and smile, they're worth millions. You look at this and you go, my God, how do they make these? Like, how is that allowed? Like, that is a genuinely dangerous stunt with these these spikes coming in and out and these guys running around and it looks like their shoes probably have wooden soles. Yeah, probably. You slide. You're you're pooched. You're 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 in trouble. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they have put wooden or rubber rubber soles on them, but I tell you what, I wouldn't want to have acted on that stage. It's kind of worrisome it's very worrisome but again we're looking at this through the lens of people in 2019 as opposed to people who i don't know how many films had these two been in prior to this but timothy dalton had been around a while okay so Um, at least sam was trying to cut his teeth he he would have agreed to it i'm sure that they had some point of a contention where they said hey timothy dalton you're gonna do this and he said no and they said okay we'll fix this about it he goes "Eh, okay it's it's one of those things it would be easiest thing in the world to to text sam jones on on twitter and say hey man you know we got a question but i'm not going to one of these days we're going to do that like in the middle of the podcast we're going to tweet these guys and go we have a quick question i don't think that there's anything wrong with that yeah it's it's but not today okay you know i would love to know what was going through their minds when they did this you know, the, the fight between them goes, you know, back and forth as any fight in a movie is supposed to. But it ends yeah. with uh, Flash saving his life and teaming up and Prince Baron agreeing to join up. But the hawk people flee because the flying dildo from the Imperial Navy shows up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry, but it's a flying <laughs> dildo. Um, and yeah, they take uh, they take Prince Baron and Zarkov and Dale away. And Ming has shown up and he says... Um, you know, join me, I'll give you the kingdom, you can rule the earth, you know, yeah. and Flash Gordon says, no, and whatever, they try to blow yeah. up the city, and he finds a rocket cycle, which is, it looks like a, a skidoo. Kind of. A sidoo, whatever. A sidoo. Sidoo? Yeah. It looks like a sidoo. Kind of like a sidoo. Um, with, a ray, with, with a ray gun on front. With because... a ray gun on the front, and it's got, like, a back bar so that you can lean up against it. Yeah. So was the rocket cycle, rocket bike... Was that the mode of transport for? I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing it's in a, maybe it's an escape. Yeah, well, that's how he gets out. You can see it right here. No, no, no. But like but, in the in the original. Oh God, series. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Like I said, I watched those a thousand years ago. Yeah. There was a cartoon in 1979 that I did see as a kid. Right. Which was drawn to look just like the original cartoons. Okay. And you can find that whole thing on YouTube, and maybe they show it in there. Okay. I did see it as a kid. Yeah. But I remember thinking, well, this isn't like the movie. What the hell is this? <laughs> 
So in the meantime, Dale's back, and now she's uh, now she's not just going to be his concubine; she's going to be his uh, bride. His bride, and she winds up in a pillow fight with the princess, which, like I said, in Flesh Gordon, which is the <laughs> I swear to God, the the porn parody. You know how this pillow fight ended, I'm sure. The fact that you just whipped that tidbit off the top of your head. I've too. never. Uh, let's be clear. I have never seen Flesh Gordon. He winked. No, I did not win. Um, space, which is now called, I think, CTV Sci-Fi, but the sci-fi, Space Channel. Yeah. yeah, they actually did show Flesh Gordon. Did they really? Well, because it's so. I mean, yes, it's porn, but it's ridiculously silly, and they showed it like at midnight. <laughs> um, but this is back when they were kind of like when they were part of the city TV family, and they were okay. kind of be like kind of like gorilla, sort of like a gorilla TV station. They were just yeah. doing crazy shit. Just yeah. to, show and, Barbarella at two in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. and so they did, uh, they showed Flesh Gordon. Okay. And they built it up for like a month that they had gotten the rights to show us, but they had to show it at like two in the morning or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But, and I didn't watch it because I'm not interested in 80s porn, thank you very much. Um, but you know how this pillow fight ended and that I'm sure. If they, oh, for sure. You know, yeah, it ends with them, and you know, she realizes, you know, but he used the boar worms on me, and now they're friends, and whatever. Yeah. Character development. Yeah, and then at some point, I keep want to say Flash Jones, but it's Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Yeah, Sam Jones, Flash Gordon. Flash uh, Jones. Reaches out to the Hawkmen and gets them on side, so they decide to attack the city. Well, as as he's leaving um, the Hawkman land. Hawkman land, yeah. yeah. He he radios to Zoltan? Voltan. Voltan. Zoltan. Isn't that, isn't that the... Uh, yeah, that's the, the fortune, fortune teller. teller. Yeah, big, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Who's on? Who's hiding on Arborea? Yeah, they're and hiding on Arborea. He radios them, says, "Okay, great, we'll meet you there." Yeah, and then they fly across space and on attack a space the, scooter uh, and attack uh, War Rocket Ajax, which just looks yes. like an even scarier dildo. Tell me, they don't look like sex toys designed by someone who likes to cause pain. You know what? I'm going to abstain. Yeah, abstain from that. <laughs> but they—they they totally. Do. I mean, it's like it's 1930s design. Yeah. But yeah, these look terrifying. Um, there's a really cool scene where they attack the war rocket, which has yeah. like balconies, and there's no space here. Everyone can breathe. There's there's sliding windows on the side but of the it's, spaceship. It's a cool action scene. It is. It's and this is well, one where I stopped and I went, okay, this is a really fun scene, and it is with it, with the with the Queen soundtrack jamming yeah. in the background. You've got Queen in the background. You've got about twenty thousand smoke machines going. You've got oh yeah people firing lasers and uh, hawkmen with clubs and axes and also lasers and also yeah. lasers. But like it's it's a really fun scene and it's great and so they wind up uh, planting a bomb on the side of the ship so they can get in and then they get in and they take over the ship and, yeah, and they're gonna fly yeah and in the meantime Dale has rescued Dale and the well no Dale gets dragged off to get married and the uh, princess the princess rescues um, uh, Baron, Baron and um, Zarkov yes and they run around shooting people the general who works for Clytus but doesn't like him she gets shot and yeah melts into black goo. For, yeah, for which no is particular reason. that's a new one because we oh actually we didn't mention um, Clytus died earlier. Oh right, we totally forgot. That's right. He gets yeah. thrown onto the spikes and yes. his eyes and his tongue bug out. Yeah, in well, you burst out laughing. Yeah, it um, was okay. It. I'm sure for the time it was you know no no okay, it was this bad. Is, this it is was, passable. It, it was grotesque, okay, but it's, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, Clytus <laughs> is gone. So now now she's gone, and then we have the. Um, the marriage, which I've said, this is how you have to do your marriage. I expect yeah, no. you to wear Ming's cloaks. Yeah, no. I expect, you know, the skywriter in the background to write, everyone make merry on pain of death. Okay, maybe. I expect the vows. I expect you to no. do those vows. No, that's not going to happen. Do you, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the universe, take this earthling, Dale Arden, to be your empress of the hour? Of the hour, yes. 
You promise to use her as you will? Certainly. Not to blast her into space? Until such time as you grow weary of her. I do. They're awesome, those. Uh, and in the no. meantime, yeah, so Flash flies the... Uh, the giant the, space uh, dildo. You know, uh, space dildo Ajax in, and it's got a spike on the end, and it it goes right... like this, the, the thing goes right through... It, oh, by the wait, way, hang a, on a second. We totally missed the Obi-Wan Kenobi moment where they shut down the uh, the laser shield. Yeah, they blow up the laser shield so he can go through. Yes. And, the, and it's a cool scene where you see the, like I said, war dildo Ajax coming <laughs> at you. And it's a really neat scene, like with the smoke coming out. It's just the way they show it. It's yeah. Very, very cool. It, it was cool. Um, I think that again, was... Again, well-filmed movie. Yeah, I think that um, shot especially yeah. was ahead of its time. And, and skewers Ming the Merciless. And then he dies. And he kills himself. He, well, well, he traps so, himself in the ring. Well, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. He loses his power and he dissolves and the ring is left. Well, but you could see him pointing it at himself and the ray comes off. The no, I think he his... was holding it at, at Flash to sort of keep him, like, stay away from me sort of thing. Like, but yeah, then, he, then he turned it and you could see the ray come at himself. No, I think he just dissolved. Whatever it is, he dies and the yeah. ring is left. Um, and in the, the least subtle final scene of a movie ever yes. his gloved hand comes and takes it and goes yeah. and he goes uh, well uh, somebody uh, else's gloved hand assumedly no i think it's his i think the idea was he'd be back but there was supposed to be sequels to this yeah, yeah. but the like i said whether it was an actual or a potential fist fight between sam and the director that was the end of that oh no but because ming was wearing red gloves the hand that grabbed it was a black glove i hadn't thought about that okay so someone else is the bad guy um yeah and it ends with you know Prince Baron is the rightful heir, and Zoltan or Zoltar or w- Winged Thong dude. Um, he's there's a lot of S and M going on in this film. He's the general of the armies, and they say, well, you know, you're welcome to stay. And Dale says, "I'm a New York City girl. This yeah. place is a little too quiet for me." <laughs> yeah. And then we get the Rockin' Queen soundtrack yeah. to take us out. And Zoltan has to go fly the ring to Mordor. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Um, he actually would have made a very good dwarf yeah I'm but sure i mean john reese davies was amazing oh yeah but he would have been a good one too yeah um she's a great actor brian blessed mm-hmm. he did uh with kenneth branagh he was in henry v okay he's good yeah really really good so yeah so that's the film that i i like how we probably spent the first 30 minutes of this podcast like really discussing the motifs and the themes and then we went and then this happens and this, this happens yeah, this is a dumb fucking that, film yeah, yeah it's <laughs> yeah, make no mistake as much as we're analyzing it this is a dumb film yeah it's campy, it's silly, but I adore it. Yeah. I have no problem. Like, I don't like camp. Like, we're doing space balls at some point, mm-hmm. and so last week I tried watching it, and I got 40 minutes in, I had to stop, because it's a, like, there was nothing funny about that film. But this is just as campy, but I adore it. We have a, uh, a Facebook Messenger group chat, the, the four of us, and yeah. uh, Farron was visibly annoyed at us. I hate you all. Yeah. <laughs> when we, we decided. We're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We told him that he could take his opinion and throw it in his Spaceballs the trash can. I hate you all. Um, But (laughs) for some some reason, despite... You know what it is? Because Spaceballs was trying to be funny. Ah, isn't that funny? Ah, isn't this funny? This is just trying to be campy. Yeah. And everyone laughs at something different. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're making jokes about dildos and stuff like that. Obviously, that is not intentional. It's just the way they look. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's just... It's a campy film, and I adore it. Yeah. I don't like it any less than than when I was a kid. I see why you adore it. I get it. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd go around and tell absolutely everybody that I know, like, hey, you should go watch yeah. uh, uh, Flash, Flash Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. I, like, I'd, it's okay. It's good for watching it once, sitting down and having a giggle at it. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah. I think that 
um, unless you really grew up with this kind yes. of thing. It's it doesn't have the nostalgia value for me. It doesn't have fair, the yeah. um, like the the high thought process. Oh no, there's nothing. No, yeah, no. This is but part of this is that this is my childhood. It's it's worth it to watch once. Definitely worth absolutely. It to watch I'm once. not sure if it's on Netflix. I don't um, think so. I've but never really seen it. I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to find on YouTube and pay oh, no. two dollars for the movie or yeah. sort of thing. But it's. It's cool. Like, I, yeah. cool doesn't have to mean awesome. Like, it, this film there, it would not be made today. There's no way. With no. The way the grim, all the grim dark and the, all the shit, it would be. Well, like I said, this guy, Wakiki, whatever his name is, I don't know. The guy who does uh, Thor 2 and 3, mm-hmm. great director and great writer and, and all that sort of stuff. He, this New Zealand guy, he wants to do this. And maybe he'll pull it off. But if he tries to do this, the cheesy stuff, he's going to fall flat on his ass. Yeah. And if he's going to try and do grim dark. He's going to fall flat on his ass. Yeah, people will just laugh at it and go, okay, whatever. Yeah. I, I really do think that we are at the point where everybody's kind of getting a little bit burnt out on the grim dark, but we don't yeah. have the next trend yet. Yeah, we're waiting. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, this would work well in the Marvel motif, which yeah. is serious, but also humorous. Yeah. People who are funny, but not bellow out loud funny, just... Yeah. You can smile. Like even the grimmest of these films has a little bit of humor in it, but it's not knee slapping. <laughs> not that kind of humor. Yeah, like a, a Peter Quinn Space Lord kind of character. Yeah, like um, or Star Lord. Sorry, not Star Lord. Yeah. This, yeah, this, the, the level of funny that you find in 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 Guardians of the Galaxy, I think would work. You could pull that off with this. Yeah. Even a little more serious, like an Iron Man film. But mm-hmm. I think Marvel's got that right range of action and seriousness and humor. Absolutely. That would work well for this. Yeah. Because if you went like DC Universe Grimdark, yeah, it would no. be a failure. And doing this level of cheese would be a, like Shazam level silliness. Yeah. I think just wouldn't work at all. So So I think we'll just, we'll leave it there. Okay. Unless you, unless you got something else you want to add. And um, do you want me to do like the no, podcast plug stuff? Works anyway. So you don't know. Yeah, they might. If they're listening to the film, they're list like if they're listening to the podcast. I never understood that people say like subscribe to our podcast, dude. I've been listening to you for twenty minutes. What do you think? Well, but I mean, like not necessarily like subscribe to the podcast, but like hey, go check us out on social media here and here. Okay, guys, we have a Facebook page. You should check it out. We have a Twitter page and an Instagram page. You should check those out too. And you should please leave us a, a review. Yeah, so if you go to uh, your podcasting app of choice, you leave us a nice five-star review. Maybe I'll twist Farron's arm and make him let me read them out on air one day. Mm, some of them are mean. Well, we read the They're five, the ones we read. We yeah. read the five-star reviews. I don't think anyone ever commented on I mean, we've got a bunch, but we've but never... But that, see, we bribe people now with this. We say, hey, you do this thing for us, we do this thing for you. But what about the guy who hates us because we don't like Trump? <laughs> we we have uh, artist discretion. Artist, uh, is, that, is that the way this works? Okay. Yeah.